This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome to the MVFC First and Goal podcast. Today's guest, Paul Monaco, is an honorable mention All-Missouri Valley football long snapper from Illinois State. However, Paul is also enlisted in the ISU Army ROTC Redbird Battalion, the only member of the Illinois State football team, to my knowledge, who will be joining the military post-graduation. Paul, welcome to the show. It's good to talk to you. Thank you, Kelly. It's great talking to you, too. I'm glad to be here, and I'm excited uh, to talk. From Whedon, Illinois, is where you hail, which is near Chicago. What did your journey to Illinois State football look like? So, basically, my senior year, I was looking at a few different schools, um, and then I got in in, uh, contact with one of the coaches who, uh, he's not with Illinois State anymore, but um, so I got with him, um, sent him my tape, and went in for a visit. And basically, um, after my visit, you know, they, they said they'd offer me a spot on the team. And that's really how I got to Illinois State. And I, so I'm a long snapper. And another thing is, so I, w- I would go to long snapping camps. And at those camps, I would be ranked. And so, and you get video at those camps too. So I would send that all to Illinois State, okay. and that's how kind of that's how they assessed me, and, and um, you know, and saw how how I was at snapping. And then, um, but yeah, so then I went there for my visit. They gave me the uh, the spot on the team, and that's how I got there. And I mean, and I'm very blessed to have gotten that offer because yeah, I love every minute that I've been at Illinois State so far. So how does one get into long snapping? Well. So I didn't – so I got into it about my sophomore year of high school. But okay. I was mainly uh, – I was a linebacker my whole life. Yeah, that's what and I thought. That was, that was my priority. And I just kind of did it on the side. You know, my head coach was like, can anyone long snap? And um, I just, you know, said, yeah, I'll try it for fun. And then I started getting pretty good at it. And a couple of guys who were older than me went to um, Division One colleges to long snap. So they kind of mentored, mentored me as well. Okay. And so I started following their footsteps, went to the same long snapping instructor as they did, and then basically was just getting better and better. Uh, and then I was like, you know what, I can, I can get a scholarship for this in college and I could play. And so that's really how it got started. That's awesome. What do you think is most misunderstood about the position? Well... Basically, the long snapper, he's very – he's no one knows about him unless he makes a mistake. Yeah. And, I mean, so basically if you're – if no one knows who you are, that's a good thing because that means you're doing your job well and um, you're not messing up. But uh, long snapping is – it's not as easy as people think. I mean, um, it, it takes a lot of skill and, it, and consistent, consistency. Um but I know a lot of guys on the team are like, oh, long snapping, that's easy. And then they'll, they'll try to snap a ball back and they won't get off the ground or roll back. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great position, though. And uh, I, don't, I don't mind that, you know, people don't really recognize you as much because, I mean, I'm not doing it for the recognition, you know. But 
but yeah, it's, I, I love the position. It's great. You were the special teams player of the year last season at Illinois State. And as I previously mentioned in the open, honorable mention, All-Missouri Valley Conference, which is a big deal. And you, you did not have a bad snap all season. So what makes a good long snapper? Well, uh, first off, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to get those awards without the help from I mean, my whole entire team and coaching staff. But uh, especially the other specialists on the team, uh, my punter, JT Bolkin. I mean, the countless hours of work that uh, we, we put in together. Um, so, you know, a lot of the credit goes to them for uh, for that. But basically, to be a good long snapper, um, there's a few things. So consistency, right? So making sure your snaps are, like, are perfect every time, right? And then your speed of the snap. So you need to get it there in a certain a certain time which is 0.75 uh, and below, mm-hmm. that's that's what you want to be in the Division One level. And then a spiral, having a, uh, a good spiral, and then your location. So basically right on, if you have a right-footed punter, which uh, we do, you want it on the right hit. So basically all that, um, and then being consistent, like I said, that makes you a good long snapper. Um, and then there's other things that go along with it, like just – um, being able to block, because uh, sometimes, you know, once you snap it, you got to block or um, you got to snap it and run downfield and make a tackle. So there's there's other things that go into it, but, but yeah. How did you develop your interest in the military? Well, so my whole life I've always had a passion for the military, but I never I never thought I would, like, actually do it. So when I came into Illinois State, um, my first year there, I wasn't a part of the ROTC at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, wow. Yeah, just playing football. And then the summer going into my sophomore year, I was at home and I just said to my parents, you know, I was like, I think I want to join the military, join the army. And so my parents were, I mean, my dad was like, that'd be awesome. And my mom was a typical mom. She was like, <laughs> she was all nervous and stuff, but, um, but she's very supportive of it now. And uh, so what I did was I I called one of the recruiters for ROTC and he kind of got we got the ball rolling and then I fell in love with it so I stuck with it ever since but um but yeah uh, I never would have guessed that I would have been in it um, but uh, but yeah so when I so I contracted in ROTC as a cadet and I also um, I'm in the Army National Guard too so I'm oh, doing are both you? oh wow yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it's, it's great. But um, but yeah, I mean, what really kept me in the program was the relationships I've made with all the other cadets, and um, yeah, I mean, you can't beat that. So when you made that decision, then what did the conversation look like with Coach Spack? Brock's awesome, so I know he's yeah. super supportive of it. But at the same time, it does change how you sort of have to go about your schedule and some of the commitments you have too. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, like you were saying, Coach Spack was, I mean, he gave me his full support, and um, which was really nice to, to have from your head football coach. And, um, and all the other coaches were supportive as well. So, um, so that made it very easy to, to do. And um, along with, you know, my cadre in the ROTC, they are also extremely supportive. Um, Lieutenant Colonel John Cross, who's the professor of military science, he, he worked very well with Coach Spack. So really nothing um, – there was really no conflicts with either one because ROTC took place 
in the morning. So I would have workouts for ROTC at 6 a.m. And then my football workouts or practice would be around 8 a.m. So I would go from one to the other. And then, um, yeah, so there, there weren't really any conflicts. If there was any, like sometimes I would have to miss a practice, a football practice for some training. Yeah. Um, but and vice versa, I'll, I'll miss some ROTC training because we have a football game. So, um, but you know, both sides are supportive and, and they don't they don't get mad or anything when yeah. I have to miss. That's yeah, awesome. So. This spring, you participated in the Baton Memorial Death March in New Mexico with five other members of your I, uh, ISU ROTC unit. Yeah. For those that are unfamiliar with that grueling event, how would you describe its purpose? So uh, first I'll give a little background on the Bataan Death March. Um, back in World War II, the Japanese held American soldiers and Filipino soldiers prisoners of war, and they forced them to march over uh, 60, it was around 60 to 70 uh, miles. And, um, and during that time, they were being tortured. And, and so the Bataan Memorial Death March is basically in re, uh, it's re, in remembrance of those who went through that. Mm. And so what it is, it's a 26.2 mile, so it's a marathon, ruck march in the desert of New Mexico. It's in the white, it's in the white sand missile range. And so, um, and you have, so and we had our, uh, all of our gear on, so it came out to be 50 pounds of gear in our, in our uh, rucksack, which wow. we were carrying. Um, and I mean, it was by far the hardest thing I've ever went through, but um, I know it does not, I mean, that doesn't even compare to what the troops went through back in World War II, but um, but it was a great experience. It was very humbling, and, and yeah. How did, you, how did you even go about training for something like that? You're wearing 50 pounds. I mean, it's hard enough running a regular marathon for most people, but to put 50 pounds on your back when you're doing the actual marathon, too, is, just takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very tough, but training for it, I mean, I definitely didn't train enough. So going, like, looking back, I should have trained way more than I did. But uh, to train for it, you just got to, you just got to go out there and and get your miles in, basically. I mean, the, the furthest I ever did before doing it was only 14 miles. Okay. So, I mean, a little more than half, or a little less than half, I should say. Um, but, uh but yeah, I mean, the train for it, oh yeah, you just got to go on rock marches, really. Um, but so if I, if I ever do it again, I'm going to definitely have to do longer rock marches. Yeah. How, so how long did it end up taking you? So it took me nine hours. And okay. um, the fastest was around six hours. Wow. But I mean, my main goal was just, I just wanted to complete it. I wasn't going for, you know, the fastest time or anything. But, uh, but around mile 18, I my left leg was in some pretty bad pain. I don't know what was going on with it, but uh, just some natural pain, I guess. From, yeah, from probably some the... cramping or something probably. Yeah, or... exactly. So, um, so it took me a little longer to finish it, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was just happy to finish. So, um, so it was great. Now that you've completed it, what is the part that has resonated with you most still? Well, after doing that, I now like I feel like everything I do or anything I, that comes across, um, I feel like I can accomplish it, and nothing's going to get in my way. And my mentality is just a lot stronger. Uh, my work ethic is just is is way better now. So 
Um, so that's one of the best things that came out of completing that. You you had to miss a spring football practice to, to do it, which Coach Spack was very supportive of. When you yep. came back then and went through the, the 14 other spring practices, how did doing that Baton Memorial Death March give you perspective just on even playing the game of football? Well, so well, when I got back first, um, I, I even had to sit out of a couple practices because I couldn't, my legs were just completely shot. shot. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I was just honestly, after completing that and I was just thankful to be able to be back out on the football field and, and have that, the opportunity to, to, to play the sport I've loved my whole life. And, um, and because, you know, without, without the, the, the soldiers and the troops who are fighting overseas, you know, we don't, we don't have, we wouldn't have this freedom without that. So, um, yeah, so I'm just thankful that I'm able to be out in the field with, I mean, with my best friends and playing the sport I love. What an incredible experience that was. Wow. My conversation with Paul Monaco continues in just a second, but if you're enjoying this edition of the MVFC First and Gold podcast, check out all the lineup media group offerings, sports and non-sports podcasts. Now back to the show. As we mentioned, Co- Coach Spack was very supportive of, of you doing that marathon. What did the actual conversation sound like and look like when you when you actually went to him and said, Hey, coach, I want to participate in this Baton Death Memorial Marathon. And, and when you actually explained what it was. So basically, I just, I mean, me and Coach Spack have uh, a very good relationship. And um, so I just went to his office and I said, Hey, coach, do you have a minute? Um, and so he said, Yeah, of course, come in. Uh, and I asked him, I just said, Coach, uh, I have a great opportunity to partake in the Baton Memorial Death March in New Mexico. And I explained to him what it was, and right away he was like, he's like, that's amazing, Paul. Like, of course you can do that. Uh, don't worry about missing uh, the spring practice, because uh, he knows uh, he knows that I'm a hard worker, and that um, uh, that when I come back, I'm I'm gonna make up for what I miss, and and I'll get right back on on track. So, you know, he uh, right, I mean, right off the bat, he was. He was like, yes, you can do it. Uh, and all the other coaches, my position coaches were the same way. But, uh, but no, he thought, he thought it was awesome. Um, Coach Spack is very supportive of the military as well. So, uh, so yeah, there's no doubt in his mind that, uh, you know, he wouldn't let me go. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic to have somebody so supportive like that. Yes. How special was it, going back to last season, to take your oath of enlistment with the Illinois State Army ROTC at military appreciation day when you're yeah. going to be playing in the, you know, going to be playing in the game. Yeah. I mean, that was a tremendous opportunity. Uh, I, I found out a few days before that, um, that that was going to happen. My, uh, my Lieutenant Colonel in ROTC, he, he came up to me and he said, you know, Paul, we would like to do this for you. Uh, it's a great opportunity. And, um, and so I, again, I went to go ask coach Spack. I said, coach Spack, is it all right if, I take my oath um, during halftime, and again, he was just like, "Yes, that's a that's an incredible opportunity. Of course, you can." Um, so, so yeah. So at halftime, I went out there with uh, I don't remember the exact amount of other cadets who took their oath, but but me and um, a few other cadets, we were out there and we uh, we got sworn in. And um, I mean, you really can't beat that experience. I mean, with 
with my family in attendance and uh, all the, the Redbird uh, football fans were all there. I mean, it was, yeah, you can't beat that. It was awesome. That's amazing. What are some influential books or, or podcasts that you've read that have made an impact on um, on you and in your journey, not only as a football player, but now entering the military? Well, I'll tell you, like, one. so I've always loved Navy SEALs. So I'll, I will go on podcasts and I'll listen just to motivational um, videos or just anything about Navy SEALs. I'll just watch those videos. And that's what really sparked my interest in, in joining the military. Because um, I was like, even though I'm in the Army, not the Navy, uh, so I can never be a Navy SEAL, but still, like, just seeing how cool and, like, how, I mean, those guys are so impressive. So just watching those videos and listening to the motivational speakers uh, that who are Navy SEALs, um, that's what kind of sparked it and uh, and motivated me. So yeah. Nice. Have you ever on on Instagram? Do you have you ever come across David Goggins? Yes, yes. David Goggins is one of the people who I've watched. Um, he has one of the most incredible motivational videos on YouTube. Um, so yeah, I've watched that one multiple times. Yeah. Nice. I just, uh, so he has a book called committed that he wrote. Okay. Um, and I just finished it, gosh, probably two, one or two months ago, but you talk about somebody that's super hardcore. He, he not only was a Navy SEAL, but he went to even the army ranger school, um, mm-hmm. to try and get through that. Um, and then he's gotten into running and ultra marathons and all sorts of stuff since he's gotten out. But uh, he might be the most mentally tough person I've ever ever seen in my life. Yes, definitely, he's definitely out there. I completely agree. What are your What are your plans post graduation? So after college, so I'm going to have an eight year commitment in the army, and I'm going to do I'm going to stick in the Army National Guard. So with that, um, I'm part time in the army, and then uh, I'm also going to have to be uh, get a job on the civilian side. But on the Army side, I'm looking into – there's a couple different jobs. One's armor. So okay. armor, uh, working with tanks, being nice. an armor officer, which is pretty sweet. And then another one is military police, uh, okay. being an MP. So, um, yeah, so after college, what I'm planning on doing is doing my eight years in the National Guard. And then if I love it, I'm gonna, I want to make a career out of it due to 20 years. Um, and then on the civilian side, going – well. So for a while, I was a special education major. I loved working with um, people and kids with special needs. Um, it's still a passion of mine, but I did switch my major to public relations. Oh, nice. And, yeah, and uh, so with that, um, I'm kind of going to follow my dad's footsteps a little bit and go more on the, in the business side and get a job um, doing uh, maybe sales or marketing, okay. but uh, and always... Um, and, and still helping and working with kids with special needs. So, but that, yeah, that's my plan for my future is having the army and then, you know, the business side. Yeah. That sounds like a great plan. How curious are your teammates about your military experiences that you've gone through so far? Um, I mean, I, they think it's pretty sweet, you know, uh, it's funny cause I, I'm always, so after practice, I would, I would have my, my military um, uniform in my locker, and I would have to change into that real quick to get to my uh, military science class that, that you have on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so they'll, they'll all see me in my uniform in the locker room, and, the, and uh, they'll like, 
they'll like salute me or, or I don't know. <laughs> they, they, they think it's pretty cool though. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, they always, they always ask me about my training and, um, and what I'm doing. So yeah, they think it's really awesome. How can you use the experiences that you've been learning on the military side of things to benefit the Illinois state football team from a leadership perspective? Yeah. So from being in the army, I've definitely gained a lot of leadership characteristics and traits and, uh, and it's instilled, um, you know, a lot of order in myself. And, 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 uh, and so that, I mean, I carry that over to the football side because, you know, even in the weight room, like I'll, uh, I'm starting to become more of a leader and just making sure, you know, people are motivated and, and ready to, you know, get the work done that day and, uh, or even at practice. But, um, and now that I'm becoming a senior, uh, I'm more confident in, um, in my ability to, to, to lead others. But, um, but I mean, yeah, just having the, having the experience of being in the army has, has definitely benefited me a lot on the, on the football side. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been it's been great. Next week you head out for your ROTC training. So, what will your summer consist of? So, it's called. So, what the training is? It's advanced camp, and it's a. Um, so this is it's thirty seven days, and it's basically how all the cadets get assessed, and um, they get assessed on their basic um, basic officer leadership traits and 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 duties. So. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of different stuff we'll be doing. We'll be out in the field for 25 of those days doing different field training exercises, uh, sleeping outside um, all those days. And we'll be qualifying on the shooting range. Uh, We'll be qualifying with grenades. Uh, There's a gas chamber, so we'll be getting gassed, which will be uh, pretty fun. (laughs) (laughs) And then then there's some, um, some other qualifications like land navigation, and some rock marches that we'll be doing again. So, uh, but yeah, those, that's really what it is. And, um, it's going to be a great time, a uh, great experience. I mean, there's nothing like getting military training I mean, you can't, can't get experience like that anywhere else. So, um, yeah, it should be a fun time. You know, how has, how has the stuff that you've gone through and the challenges you've had in football over the years helped you? on the military side of things. Yeah. So, I mean, playing football, it's just my whole life. Like I, so I have, I have a great work ethic and I got that from playing football and, um, and that just carries, yeah, that carries over to the military side because getting up in the mornings at 5 a.m. for the, for the army, it's like, I'm used to that because we get up early like that for football. So, um, so I'm not complaining or anything about it. And then I just know never to give up, um, no matter what, you know, just keep on, keep on going. And, uh, and that, and that's just very similar on both sides, you know, football and army. And then even with my football coaches, um, get, like just being used to having them like yell at you, you know, getting yelled at by your coaches. It's the same with having, uh, your military instructors kind of yell at you. So it's just, I'm very used to both. They're very similar in, uh, it's it definitely benefits me being being on both. Paul, is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't think so. I just but I just want to kind of thank like I want to thank my football coaches for all their support, uh, my teammates for for their support. I mean, 
and then my fellow cadets and my cadre for their support because everything that I'm doing right now and all my comp- accomplishments would not be possible without both of their supports. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm very grateful for, for everything that they've done. And I'm excited for this upcoming season because I know that uh, that no one, no one out, there's no one out there that's going to get in the Redbirds' way. And I know this is going to be a great season for us, and uh, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. What were the biggest takeaways from spring ball this year? Um. So overall, with our team, I mean, everyone is coming coming along. I mean, very nice, nicely. So we have a lot of returners, and um, so they know the playbook very well. And then even the new guys are, are picking it up well. So it's all coming. I mean, yeah, it's just it, – it's looking really well. And and Brady Davis is coming back for – this is his second year, so he's going to be way more experienced. And he's by far, in, in our opinion, I mean – and he's definitely one of the top quarterbacks in the Missouri Valley. And Absolutely, yeah. And not football – in football in general. And then with James Robinson coming back for his fourth year, um, All-American, I mean, and he's – by far the best running back in the, in the country. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's been looking really well. Yeah. You have, you have quite a lot to look forward to, uh, not only yeah. over the coming months, but over, over the next year. And, uh, you know, I have the ultimate respect for everything you're doing and have to thank you, of course, for, for your service to our country. Of course. Yes. And Definitely. look forward. I, I know we have a couple of, uh, Redbird football games this year on the schedule for the Missouri Valley broadcast. So look forward to, to meeting you in person and, and shaking your hand officially once the season comes. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it too, Kelly. Thank you very much. You're welcome. If you like what you heard from Paul Monaco in our MVFC First Single podcast, take a moment to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Lineupmedia.fm also is home to many other sports podcasts, shows like Fairways and Greens, The Drop, and You're On the Clock. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Bird, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.